Welcome to the Blue Abroad podcast. We are here talking about the round 21 matchup with the Carlton Football Club coming up against the mighty Richmond Football Club. And I've got a very special guest, one of the uh, one of the Richmond faithful, Rob Winston. How are you, mate? G'day, Terry, mate. Blue Abroad. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast tonight. Much appreciated, mate. What's happening in your world right now? Right, mate, you're there, mate. What's happening in your world? Uh, not too much, mate. It just keeps cutting out. Sorry, buddy. Uh, not too much, mate. Just um, just enjoyed the gym uh, this afternoon. I'm back in the swing of things at uni, uh, doing a bachelor of sports media, and uh, obviously doing my local footy commentary at the Northern Footy League. And uh, yeah, work full time as a garbo, mate. But um, keen tiger man. I go every single week. I'm an inner sanctum member. I've gone through the heartaches, the heartbreaks, um, and all the things that the Richmond Footy Club have done to me over the last 31 years, mate. But I'm absolutely pumped for this weekend as the Blue Boys have been in ominous form uh, since the uh, since the Brendan Bolton era ended. And uh, under David Teague, it seems the, the players absolutely love the way he goes about it and his coaching style. So, you know, this, this would have been probably, uh, you know, you would have looked at it on paper and said, you know, it's going to be you know, a tick uh, for a win, definitely. But the boys, uh, the Blue Boys, the form you guys have been in, you know, in recent times, um, I'm actually a little bit concerned about this game and the Tigers would want to make sure we rock up on Sunday at our best because um, certainly in patches against the West Coast, the Blue Boys uh, certainly matched it with them. So, and uh, despite the fact you've won four out of the last seven or whatever it is. So, yeah, mate, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I'm glad you raised the point, mate. I really wanted to touch on that because from from our point, obviously, we've come up against some pretty decent opposition and West Coast was obviously a level above. And the one thing I really noticed with with them, and that's probably something we're going to experience with you guys and the Geelong Footy Club in a couple of weeks, you know, the big top four, is, you know, when you're coming up against these sides, you really need to play perfect footy to, to beat them. And uh, what we started doing against the Eagles was, uh, I think we started panicking once they got their run on and then we started bombing it long and, that played right into their hands. And when you come up against Richmond, we know that they love to put on that forward pressure. Now, if we aren't smart with the way we move the ball out of defensive 50, uh, it could be set up for a similar result to last week. So there's some things for us to improve on, and I'm hoping that the boys um, can put in a good showing. But, yeah, what have, what have you seen specifically from... I mean, obviously, I watch the Blues every week. Um, it'd be good to get your thoughts on what you've been watching of Carlton and where you think we've made the biggest improvement. Well, mate, uh, I'll, I'll give you a bit of a plug here. Certainly, the intrigue of, of your page has, has made me more interested in, in, a, in, a young, in a young Carlton group that, that I've, I've said this to you before, but it really does remind me of the start of the Damien Hardwick era at Richmond. Um, you know, your, your guns... The problem with the Carlton list at the minute, you've got sort of top-end uh, talent, uh, sort of over the age of 30. So you're talking about your, your cruisers, uh, Mark Murphy, your former captain, Simo, who's 35. And then you've got a whole bunch of young players, um, you know, uh, Paddy Cripps, um, uh, Ed and Charlie Kerno. Your captain, uh, um, he went obviously down with a knee two years in a row. He's probably that more of that uh, mid-range 25-year-old. But I'm just loving, it just, it just seems that the Carlton Footy Club is starting to believe in themselves again. Uh, the the culture, the, the, they're showing a lot of love for each other. Um, and you felt during the 
Brendan Bolton, you know, you know, loss after loss after loss. It was sort of like they just needed that that new fresh uh, of breath, you know, fresh bit of air just just to um, liven up with the place. And since David Teague's come along, I'm just loving just the commitment. And you know, there's no bag, and you can just see the plays. Like um, you might have to tell me who's the VFL player who kicked three goals on the weekend. Uh, he is uh, the guy that you mean, Mick Gibbons, the one that came in think, and he won the Jaguars yeah, medals. Was he former Williamstown? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah uh, like you know, even a player like him, he gets his opportunity. He's averaging uh, 14 disposals. Uh, you might have to creep me on that, but I, from what I was reading, about 14 disposals. He's doing his job. Um, forward half pressure, and you know, even a guy like him, it it's just shows that um, you know you, you guys are going in the right direction. So um, yeah, I'm really liking what the Blues are doing at the moment, and you, there's certainly a big upside to the Carlton Footy Club. It's not all doom and gloom like we would have said probably, you know, eight weeks ago. Yeah, and I mean, obviously you're a big Richmond man and uh, the one thing that the the message that we were getting early in the season when Bolton was still at the helm was about how things can turn quickly. Why don't you give me a bit of insight as to how quickly things can really turn and do you think Carlton can really turn this around as quick as what the Tigers did or do you think we're probably still quite a few years off? Um, well, I'll put it this way. I, I believe it takes time to settle the side. Um, you know, obviously Cripps, you know, the leader of that footy club, it's going to take time to gel as a unit. And obviously you're going through a, a really good patch at the moment, but I think, you know, you've got to give these young players more time to go into their bodies, more time to work out the, you know, the intricacies of how each other play. You know, you know we've both played local footy before. You know, if your teammate's a left footer, right footer, um, you know, just certain little, certain little things, tactics. And I think that takes, if you look at the Richmond example, it took us, you know, the best part of four years before we, we made a final. Uh, and I'll get into that in a moment. But um, it, for my Carlton, won't, I don't think there'll be a Brisbane Lions and like rise straight up the ladder in 2020. I still think it's going to be another building year uh, for the Carlton Footy Club. I, th- I, I do believe from about the year 2000, and I think you'll be pushing to. T- 221. It wouldn't surprise me if you snuck into the eight and 221. Um, but I think b- by 2022, if you look at the the prof- age profile of your list, you'll be coming. You get into that sort of that sweet spot, that mid twenties range. Um, your kids, you know, some of your younger stars. Um, the one that's about to win the um, Sam Walsh, she's about to win the uh, um, Rising Star Award. He'll be hitting his early twenties. So all these young guns are all going to come through in the next three to four years. And I think that's when, you know, 222 is the year I believe Carlton will start getting, you know, sustained success. And that means, um, for the Richmond example, finals just about year in, year out. So you think that'll be the sweet spot when everyone's at that? I guess when you talk about 2022, Cripps will be 26. Um, You know, Murphy may or may not be in his probably his last season. I would have thought by then if he can drag it out. But there, you're right. I mean... Sam Walsh starts entering, he's, you know, he'll be the age of 21 by then. Then you've got Zach Fisher and Samo and Charlie. They're all at the ages of 24, 25. So you, you think you start entering your prime from then. So, yeah, look, it's, a, it's going to be very exciting. I think the one thing for us, it's just a relief, you know, because we know that we've drafted this talent. We know that uh, they were very highly rated as, as juniors. And for us, it's just good to see a patch of, of improvement so we can take 
you know, we've won six games already. We take that to the bank. And, you know, for me, we would have taken six wins at the start of the year after two last year. And then we build on to it next year. Now, depending on who we bring in via draft and who we bring in via trade, that'll probably determine how far we go next year and the year after. But still remains to be seen. Now, on to Richmond. Very interesting season, obviously, hit with the injury bug early in the season. It was just sort of one after the other. I guess Collingwood are kind of going through that right now and you guys seem to be getting healthy at the right time of year. Um, the Tiggy train is definitely starting to gather some more steam. Do you feel a really solid finals run coming along? I think there's a bit of a silver lining to the Alex Rance injury in that it happened so early and that you have the time to adjust. So tell me how you're feeling in your camp. Well, uh, Terry, it's a very good question that you asked there because um, I've always had belief, even when we got those injuries earlier in the year, I think, we'll, I think we dropped out of the eight at one point and we're sitting seven wins and six losses. But I was really encouraged through that period. It was about a four-week period where we're blooding all the young guns and, and now the results are showing, such as, uh, you know, uh, Soldo and the Ruck. You've also got Chol. He's been, you know, an absolute inspiration. Um you know, he can play forward, uh, ruck, um, pinch in the ruck. He can also play off a half back line. And with Cho, I actually, I actually have watched him closely at VFL level like you do the uh, Northern Blues on your uh, Blue Abroad page. And I actually couldn't – I was scratching my head for the last three years wondering – because he debuted in round 23, 2016. And I was wondering why he could not get another crack at AFL level. Fair enough. Uh, you know, obviously, we had a lot of success in that time as far as our win-loss. We won a flag in 17 and everything was going very uh, rosy-daisy. But it does not surprise me at all. He's come up to AFL level and he's doing so well because I saw him absolutely killing him in the, uh, in the, in the, the, uh, the lower level uh, in the VFL. So, um, and then, you know, you add in a young gun like Sydney Stack. Unbelievable. No one wanted him at the start of the year. I didn't even know who he was. We, we picked him up in the rookie draft. He's been um, – I know we, I said a bit of tongue-in-cheek on Sunday to you that um, – Sammy Walsh with that beautiful sort of evading goal from 50 uh, just sealed the deal with the uh, rising star. But uh, Sydney Stack certainly put a little bit of pressure on him and made it probably until about a month ago until his form obviously waned a little bit. Um, Sydney Stack was putting real pressure on that rising star award, I, I was believing. I thought, hold on a minute, could he come out from the clouds and win it? But Sammy Walsh will be a deserving winner in a few weeks' time when uh, he does receive that award. And um, also, like I say, a, a shy Bolton couldn't get a senior game in our premiership year in 17. I think he played two, maybe. He couldn't hold his spot because Caddy was doing really well in that small four position along with Castagna and Dan Butler. Um, but um, even him, he, he's keeping Dan Butler out. I know Dan Butler came in last week due to an injury, um, but he didn't do much. He only got about eight disposals. So, like, with that form, you wouldn't think he would keep his spot. But, um, yeah, they've just it doesn't surprise me at all. And, of course, I'm going to say, um, with everything that's going on, like, you look at Geelong, they're struggling at the moment. They've hit a really flat spot after the bye. They can't. They, they haven't got. They're, they're going to have to get their mojo back. And the thing is, I don't think Ge- uh, Geelong bats really deep. The side that I'm really worried about, and they proved against you boys on Sunday. It doesn't matter. Uh, I think um, Ross Lyon used to say this anywhere, anytime. When he uh, during his St Kilda days, um, you know, there's no excuses, and that's the feeling I get from the West Coast. Anywhere, anytime. They're a professional unit. They're all in that right sort of, as I said before, that, that right age bracket to be winning flags. They're in that sweet spot. And they're actually the side that is really worrying to be 
wanting me as a as a you know a one-eyed tiger. I'm trying to be sort of level-headed here. And I'm trying to be uh, you know not biased as such, but they are the one side that does worry me on the Tigers' road to redemption after losing that 2018 um, final against Collingwood. Yeah, look, you're spot on there, professional. Yeah, a very professional outfit is a pretty good way to uh, describe them. The way they move the ball, the way they defend, I think is very impressive. Uh, so you think they're probably the biggest challenger to the flag, along with oh, yourselves uh, and Collingwood, I guess, and maybe Geelong? I, I have, yeah, to be honest, I, I said in my own podcast, I, I thought uh, Brisbane are pretenders, and I've, I think they've had a good um, run with injury. And But the more, the more they keep playing so well and, and they keep winning up, I think you throw Brisbane into the mix there because they, they've got a bit of the 2017 and 2016 doggies about them. A bit of the unknown. They haven't made the final since, I think, 2009 was the last time they played a, played a final. Yep, and against our Blue Boys, yep. Yeah, I do remember that. Jeez, uh, time flies. All getting a bit older. But, um, yeah, mate, like, um, to be honest, I, I've always thought the Cats can't win it. I just, there's something about the way they play. And, yes, they, they played well throughout the year, they're sitting on, on top of the ladder for a reason. But I, I always thought they'd be struggling to... Um, yeah, I thought they'd be struggling to find that mojo again. And for me, it's it's a race of probably four. I'd say GWS, Brisbane, West Coast, and the Tigers are the sides that can win the flag in 2019. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, now, obviously, I mean, I do watch as much footy as possible, uh, but the reality is you never really watch a team as in-depth as your own. So just give me a bit of a snapshot. Who would be winning your best and fairest uh, if it was to be announced right now? Right now, mate? Yep. Uh, I'll tell you what, there's a bloke uh, who came out of the 2010 draft. He was a rookie. Um, he goes by the name of Dilly Gr- Dylan Grimes. Mm. He has been an absolute stalwart for our footy club all year. Um, since Rance went down against the Blue Boys in round one with the uh, knee, uh, ACL, he has just been – he, he's almost playing Rance like, you know, obviously Rance has made the uh, past five years fullback of the year um, in the All-Australian and obviously had the captaincy last year. Um, since Rance has gone down, he, he – like, I didn't think – I always thought he was a great second or third string backman, but he's just, like, gone to another level this year. It's unbelievable. Like, he's footy – like, he's – He's got great pace off the mark. Um, the way he guards the forwards, can read the ball so well. And can, he's been taking intercept marks, which I've seen him do in the past, but he's obviously risen to another level this year. He's cutting off marks that sort of, it's, you can't compare him to Rance because Rance is a bit of a freak like that because I think he's got a bigger tank than Grimes. But um, yeah, Grimes for my mate all the way. Like, um, I think Backman are always a little bit underrated. Um, but yeah, he. He's been so pivotal in, into the into the fact that we're sitting fourth at the moment in some really ominous form. Yeah, good call, mate. I like it. I, I think you know, obviously, with Grant, he's such a he's a, he he is as David King likes to call it. He is the system. Um, but I think what's happened. I mean, this is for the outside looking in, so I could be wrong here, but it just seems like Dylan Grimes, similar body type, you could almost say to, to Alex Rance. And I mean, Alex Rance would have been nurturing. Dylan Grimes and sort of teaching him the way. And I'm sure Dylan Grimes is a smart fellow and he's over the last few years. So it's just probably more of a case of he's just playing the Alex Rance role. Um, now, while we're on that topic, I've been reading that Rancy is just obsessed with getting back this year. How do you feel about that? Um, 
Oh, geez, mate, you put me on the spot, Tezza. I'll tell you what, mate. There's the uh, fairy tale part of me that says, wow, like imagine throwing Rance into the back line, right? And, you know, going on to win two flags in the last 24 months and, you know, how exciting it would, would be. But, you know, the flip, the flip side is, you know, the heads or tails side of the coin, depending on which one lands on, if it all goes wrong, if he, if he makes his comeback through, I don't, I don't know if it would be through the VFL um, the week before finals, I'm not really, really, because our ones, uh, sorry, our, uh, our seconds are going really well. They're, they're on top of the ladder as well. So in the VFL, but if he comes back and it's, and it's a disaster, that, that, that sets us back for 2020. So you've got to look at the holistic uh, point of view. And is it really worth short-term gain f- uh, for long-term pain? And that's the, that's the million-dollar question, Terry. For mine, I, I, things seem to be working pretty well down at Tigerland. They've built some really good synergy between all the, um, all the new backs that have come into the side. Um, Nathan Broad was a, in, in a fit of bad form throughout the year, but I, I felt like in the last month or so, along with Brandon Ellis, um, they've picked up a bit of form. And I don't think, I think he's just, I think he's just too big, big of a risk. Like, um, you know, Lars surgery through the years, there's been other came back really quickly and the Collingwood play, he's uh, this very moment. He came back through the finals last year and it nearly worked for the pies. Obviously they went down by kicking the granny, but, for mine, no. I, I, I just, I, I, it hurt my heart, honestly. If he came back and he went down again, I just think that yeah, it's not. I, yeah. yeah, sorry, mate. You're just cutting. You just cut it. Yeah, your internet's just uh, not so great right now, mate. So just maybe just get into a, a good spot. Just want to finish off with yep. one last question. Um, now, uh, yep. we were feeling in the Carlton camp that. You know, the, the, the obvious thing for us is that we need a small forward. So we're sniffing around everyone uh, who does have a small forward. I felt like Liam Baker was a really good target for us for next year, but he's obviously signed for two years. Uh, do you, who do you feel, because you're such a deep team, and that's the, that's the hallmarks of such a great football team. It's when they've got a deep list. So do you feel like you're at risk of losing any particular player or players? And if so, who do you think might leave? just due to the fact that you can't pay everyone and you've obviously yep. committed a lot of money to Tom Lynch and the like. So who do you feel like you're at risk of losing? Okay, uh, at risk of losing? Gee, that's... Oh, mate, you've put me on the spot. Obviously, there's been rumour of um, Brandon Ellis. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been quite a few clubs very interested in his service, including the Blue Boys. I think he would be in that right age bracket to come across. He's 25, 26 in October. Definitely. Potential um, two-time premiership think, player. Yeah, and, and you could just imagine the experience he would bring to a Blues Boys, yeah. And, um, or any side, really. Any side that's, you know, chasing, you know, sort of what the Blues, you know, pushing up the ladder. Um, but I think Brandon Ellis, I, I'm hearing by pretty good authority that he's going to accept less money at Richmond. But, you know, you'd think if, if a club's throwing around some big dollars, 650, 700,000 a year over four years or, or something like that, it be you know the money like they say money doesn't come into the equation, but I think Brandon Ellis is certainly a big risk of um, yeah leaving Tigerland because as we saw last year uh, we couldn't keep Lloyd Lloydie in the system. Um, Anthony Miles went up to the Gold Coast along with Collins, um, and yeah I, I'd say yeah Brandon Ellis out of all our stars he, he's certainly one that. Uh, unfortunately, if he does go, it would be a bit of a tragedy for the Tigers because 
I think he's a very underrated player. I don't, I don't think most Tiger supporters realise how important he is to the way that we, uh, to our structures and the way the Richmond Footy Club plays. Very interesting, mate. It's going to be a very, very fascinating off-season period, um, mate. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the game. I just want to, for me, it's just more about can we just? I, I want, I want the Carlton boys to force Richmond to actually win the game. I don't want you guys to come in and just sort of have it from from the first bounce. I want us to sort of punch you in the mouth like we did with the Eagles in the first quarter. And I want you, I want you guys to have to switch on and really put us to the sword. And that's really all I can ask for. If we can keep it within, again, three or four goals, I'm a happy man. Uh, but I do think that the, the premiership experience will just be a factor to play. I think if the game's tight at all, you know, you guys just know what you're doing a lot more than what we do in the, in the clutch situations. You know, we're obviously still... We've quite got quite a, bit, a few key players, you know, some of our best players missing, you know, Charlie, Cruiser, Marchbank, um, et cetera. Mitch McGovern, we don't know where he is at the moment. So, yeah, I think you guys are just going to be too good for us across the board. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Richmond by uh, 19 points. I like it, Terry. I like it. Uh, always a faithful cart man. Um, I'll tell you what, the Blue Boys, I will get to my prediction in a moment. But I mean, I'm enjoying the convo. But um, I just, <laughs> I, th- I thought I'd do a little bit of comedy about uh, the great Richmond and Carlton rivalry right. uh, over the years. Um, obviously, we've played. I- I've just done some stats based on the Dimmer Hardwick era. Okay, so we-, we talked about a bit, of, a bit of love, that sort of synergy with David Teague, and, I'm- and how I've compared the two. So we're talking um, since 2010. Um, I'd like to. Thank the the, uh, the Blue Boys for uh, the beautiful trade that we did with uh, Andrew Collins um, for Shawnee Grigg. Um, uh, let me just let me just go here. So on 9th of October 2010, Richmond traded Andrew Collins for Sean Grigg of Carlton. Now these are the stats. Sean Grigg went on to play 168 games for the Tigers, uh, 214 in total, 43 for the Blue Boys. Obviously, he kicked 89 goals for the club. That's being Richmond and 96 in total plus an integral part of our 2017 flag. And on the flip side, Andrew Collins played 11 games for the Blue Boys and kicked six goals. Interestingly, though, he actually did poll three Brownlow votes against Geelong in 2012 on the 21st of July. Um, And I just want to thank the Carlton Footy Club. Uh, This is a bit of tongue-in-cheek, Terry, because I I love your podcast. But uh, obviously in 2013, mate, um, when the Essendon drug scandal happened, a ninth place team, and we all know ninthmen, you know, finishing ninth probably six or seven times throughout the 90s and, and the noughties. Um, we eventually get to a final, had a great season, finished fifth on the ladder, set to play a, you know, a really hampered Essendon and going through the drug scandal and everything that was going on at that time. And then uh, a reju- rejuvenated Carlton, who I think, you might have to correct me here, Terry, but did, didn't you not sneak into the eight by the last kick of the game? Was it Murphy who kicked the winning goal against Port Adelaide? Is that... Is that my memory? Is that correct? You'd have to uh, confirm that with me. Yeah, that was right, mate. He kicked off his third goal of the afternoon that day at the 35 touches and the three goals that day in the wet. It was a, a comeback game against the Port Adelaide Power. That was a, that was a great day. And that was a great year because uh, I'll, ne- I'll never forget that final. We weren't meant to be there. Cotchin kicks a goal to put the Tigers up by 30 at halftime. The Richmond faithful up and about. Oh, and, no. uh, and then Nick Digan, the subway man, Comes in, four goals, puts a dagger through the Richmond Football Club's heart, and uh, it was just one of those 
circus music type situations for Richmond yet again. It's it's quite sad because obviously you guys are not you guys are no longer the laughing stock of the competition. And uh, I tell you what, that was <laughs> those were some those were some really good times, mate. And uh, I'm looking forward to having them again once. Um, once this, once this era of the Richmond dynasty crumbles, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I was just about to say, Aaron, yeah, so uh, Aaron Edwards kicks uh, a goal early in the third quarter, six six or seven minutes in, to put a 32 up, and then a bloke by the name of the Juddernaut decided uh, to put on the afterburners and completely traumatised every Tiger in the MCG and around the world that day, and I was one of them. I remember... Uh, being in the urinals at halftime and the, like, the mood was unbelievable. You, you know, you speak of how you're feeling with the way the Blue Boys are playing at the moment. Like, that was, that was the way I was feeling, but times that by 100 as it was a final. And me walking out of the G that day, I was in tears, mate. It was a traumatic experience. <laughs> but, but, but I would like to thank the Blue Boys uh, for doing that to us because – Obviously, 14-15, we got flogged by Port Adelaide after kicking the wrong way, Cochin pointed the wrong way or whatever. 15, another heartbreaking elimination final. 16 was a write-off. But, yeah, I'd love to thank the Carlton Footy Club for putting me through that because that was the ride of the emotion. And then, obviously, 2017 grand final day, uh, when it all happened, mate, it was um, an unbelievable experience. And uh, I unfortunately wasn't there as I was in America at the time. Um, but uh, I'll tell you a story. Uh, when we when the Tigers beat GWS that night, I went to I was in Lower Manhattan at the Aussie Bar, and you would have thought you could have swore you were in a in a uh, pub somewhere in Richmond. There's probably sixty to seventy Richmond supporters v two GWS supporters that night. There was about six uh, TV screens. The the pub was in Irishville, even though it was called the Aussie Bar. And mate, the joint was going off. It was a really unusual time to watch a footy game. It started about two thirty in the morning on a Saturday morning, New York time. And, it, and by six in the morning, like, he's still serving his drinks and it was all going mad. And, you know, you can just imagine the jubilation of, of you know, me, all the pain and suffering after, at that stage, 29 years of uh, following the Mighty Tigers. But, um, so, yeah, I'd like to thank the Carlton Footy Club for that traumatic experience back in September 2013. Uh, but, uh, look, it paid off in the, in the long run. And for the Blue Boys, I hope, I really hope you guys can, Get back up and about in the years to come because there'd be nothing like a Richmond, uh, you know, Richmond and, and Carlton. Imagine a Richmond Carlton in the top four and a Richmond Collingwood, a Richmond Bombers. Just a- Sounds like a pretty good story there, mate. Well, yeah, like I said, we're going to have to uh, let you go for now, but this will not be the last time you're on the show. Thank you so much <laughs> for your time. Uh, and no for those of you listening, if you haven't yet checked out uh, Rob's work on Winston Sports Media, please go and give that a Check out on Facebook. Uh, you've got the podcast, mate. Tell me a little bit more about where we can find your work. Uh, yeah, mate. Uh, obviously, yeah, on the uh, Anchor app, uh, it's called September Glory. If you type in my name, Robert Winston, it comes up. If not, just type in Winston Sports Media on Facebook. I, I'm covering, I'm just trying to cover a majority of sports as I'm, I'm, I'm actually studying a Bachelor of Sports Media at Holmes Glen. Um, and uh, I'm doing co- professional commentary in the Northern Footy League. So, yeah, mate, that's, I don't really know what the page is, but I'm trying to give the, the audience as much info about sport and, and uh, because I'm, I'm trying to become a, a sports anchor, sportscaster, I'm trying to learn as much as I can about varying sports globally. So um, it's a really good start to my career. I've got nearly 300 followers and, yeah, the more the merrier. So if you're, if you're half interested about sport, come and check me out because I'm, I'm hoping to do it for a career one day. So, yeah, 
Love it, mate. Love it. Well, keep pushing, keep uh, chasing the dream because that's what it's all about. And I'll definitely be speaking to you soon. Too easy, mate. Best, uh, may the best team win on Sunday, mate. And uh, final prediction, the Tigers by 123. <laughs> Love it, mate.